Thank you, Paul. I was kind of enjoying just sitting there and seeing what all you were going to say. Uh, if I'd stayed longer, maybe it would have, I'd have gotten a few more compliments. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. <laughs> uh, I think we can all agree that um, it's a good thing to honor mothers at least once a year as our society has made place for this. But with God, God's plan is that we would make it a lifestyle of honoring our mothers. And we see this throughout God's Word. He actually made it one of the Ten Commandments. I'm going to give you some scriptures today. You won't have time to look them up, but I'll just read them to you. Uh, one of the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, 12, where it's written, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the earth, which the Lord your God is giving you. And that promise, that commandment is repeated in Deuteronomy 5, 16. But this time, the words are added that it may be well with you. So God is saying that in honoring your parents, not only will he, will he grant long life, but it, he wants it to be well with you. He wants you to have quality, good, a good life while you're doing it. And then this commandment is repeated in the New Testament in Ephesians 6, 2, and 3. And it's spoken of there as the first commandment with promise. And these scriptures don't just tell us what to do, but they tell us the value of what it, the benefit that it will be to us as we honor. To honor means to respect, to value, to give credit or tribute. And it shouldn't be that we honor our mothers just because we want to be obedient, but because it's actually in our hearts to do that. That's because we want to, we mean to do it. Now, there's two places in the New Testament where it, it, it reveals how serious of an offense it is when you don't honor your parents. Matthew 15, verse 4, and Mark 7, 10, both places it says that Moses gave this commandment from God to honor our father and mother, and he said that, who, that God said, who curses or speaks evil of father and mother, let him be put to death. So that's how serious it was to God to honor parents. So serious that he said, anyone who violates that, anyone who speaks evil of their parents, let them be put to death. And why, you know, I just wanted to take a look at that as to why it's so important to God that we honor our parents. And I think one of the main reasons is because they are in position of authority in our lives. And we see throughout God's Word the importance, how important it is to him, the principle of honoring authority. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said that all authority had been given to him in heaven and in earth. And who gave him that authority? God did. And God has also delegated authority to parents over their children to train them, to raise them up, to shape them. And one of the ways that children are shaped is through discipline. You know, children don't always like to be disciplined, and even we as adults don't always like it when we're disciplined. But when we are submissive to authority and honor authority, it is honoring God as well. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. God has established families. It, God is into families. You know that? He, it's his, it was his idea, his plan to bring us into the world by being born into a family and that we would live on this earth by being a part of the family. And we can't always be with our families. There's seasons when we have to be apart, but we should always remain part of the family, even if we have to be apart 
from time to time, that we will remain part of the family that he's put us in. And as Paul said today, it's so wonderful to have a family of God that we can be a part of, that we don't want to stay away from either. God's plan for propagating, I have trouble with that word sometimes, propagating the earth, is to bring both men and women into the earth through the womb of a woman, thereby making them mothers which is a very, which is a, a very valuable calling, high calling of God in the sight of God. And this is one, of course, of the most obvious differences in men and women, is that women can have babies and men can't. And men say, thank God for that, you know. <laughs> Leave it to the women. Um, but because that is God's plan, Satan, the enemy, has been against Women, ever since God put that plan into motion, he has wanted to turn them against their babies, especially when they found themselves with an unplanned pregnancy, and which has become, then becomes sometimes an unwanted pregnancy. He will sometimes try to get them to turn against their babies, to want them to do away with them. And I saw so much of this in the Congo when I was ministering to, to uh, young girls, mainly, who would find themselves pregnant by um, rebels and uh, that saddened them and the result of being pregnant and bringing forth children that was unwanted, unplanned. But in most cases, they kept their children, but they had trouble nurturing them to really desire those children, to really know how to, to love their children. And so one of the things that we would do when counseling with them is to show them, to speak to them about how their babies are innocent in this whole thing. You know, that, that God sees their hearts and is saddened by what has happened, but to see the children as being innocent and that those children need their mothers, that their mothers are the only one in the whole world that can be to them what they need them to be. I remember just seeing, uh, being in a situation where the mother was holding her baby while I was speaking to her, and the baby was just looking up in the mother's eyes, almost as if to try to capture the mother's attention, almost as if the baby wanted to say, please love me. And the mother didn't know how to respond because she had been so hurt in the process. But to, if a mother can just see the value of mothering, that, she, that God can endow her with grace to train that child for him, and he will grace her to be what she needs to be for him. We need to honor our mothers because if for no other reason that they did bring us into the earth and they did go through that nine months, which seems like almost eternity sometimes, of um, carrying the baby, carrying you. Uh, and then um, the, the delivery itself is usually not so easy. And, and then... There's those months following when the, the mother and sometimes the father as well is, is uh, sleep, it's lost so much sleep and just attending to the baby's needs. And then as the child grows, continues to grow from season into season, there's so many challenges, so many times that mother needs to be there for them and, and take them here and there as they grow into their activities with school and sports and so forth. She's always on call. Uh, there's a lot to honor with a mother. A mother's job is never finished. She never, she never goes off duty. <laughs> mothers, especially godly mothers, learn to put their child's needs and desires before their own. So having her own needs met is usually not so important to her. 
A beautiful thing about mothers is, at least most mothers, is that even though the job is tough, it usually means so much to them to have that job. You know, and it is, I believe it, I liken it to uh, what Jesus went through. We see in Hebrews 12, 2, the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He endured the cross because he knew what was going to be the result of his going there. And a mother, even though she endures the hardships, she knows that there's going to be joy if her child, if she can continue in training that child, that there will be joy as that child develops and matures, becomes well-disciplined, and a God-fearing child. It is so well worth it. She endures the hardship, and she rises to the challenge with God's help. Even though they don't like to be acknowledged so much, uh, mothers, some, at least most mothers that I know, they're not looking for that attention. It is good to get it from time to time, but we, we are easily satisfied with small things, with our kids' responses of kisses and hugs and, and uh, small gifts, those hand-picked bouquets of flowers. You know, my granddaughter, Tallulah, just on Friday or Thursday, Thursday, she came running into our house with a hand-picked bouquet of dandelions <laughs> from the vacant lot right beside our house. And she was so proud of those to give those to me. And uh, when, when a child says to you something like, you're the best mom in the whole world, or you're just the greatest grandma, it just melts your heart. I remember I saw a memory on my Facebook the other day from Peter and John David from a few years ago when they said, um, rather than... Then, take, then writing you a card, we just thought we would tell you this year that we, on Mother's Day, that we love you because, because you love us and because you give us candy and because you taught our mama how to be a good mama. And I thought, wow, it is so well worth it, you know. A mother's heart is an amazing and beautiful thing that God created. There's a saying that a mother holds her children's hands for a while but holds their hearts forever. No matter how old our children get, we'll always be their mom, and they'll always be our children, and we'll never stop loving them. Another reason it's important to God for mothers to be honored is because they demonstrate his love. You know, I, I know that a lot of what I'm saying today can also be applied to men, but we're focusing on moms today. There's nothing in the whole world quite like a mother's love. But we have to realize that the source of that love is God. It's not something she generates on her own. God is love, and he's the source of love, and he gives love. He puts love in the hearts of men and women for their children. And so he gives us that love so that we can nurture our children. When a mother is loving to her child, God is the one actually loving that child through her. A mother loves her child before she even sees him or her. While that child is inside of her, when she feels that heartbeat, it is so special. She, she knows that that child is going to be its own little human, someday separate from her. But for a while, she just harbors that little baby inside of her and totally enjoys it and... and um, she just feels a bond that's being created that actually never ends. I believe that's where the bond starts, 
for that child while he's still inside of her. And no matter what that child looks like when he or she is born, that baby can be all wrinkled. It can have little hair or no hair, big feet or tiny feet or just whatever, you know. But it, that child is so beautiful to the mother. You know, there's, she wouldn't trade it for anything. I remember when Minda was born, we just really thought that her brother was going to be born first. So we were just saying, we thought we had a son first. And when the doctor said, it's a girl, we, we both, Roddy and I both at the same time said, you're kidding. And the doctor said, oh, do you want me to put her back? And we said, no, 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 no. You know, we're happy, we're happy. <laughs> and so you're happy. You know, you wouldn't trade that child for anything. You know that that child is a precious gift from God, and your, your intent is to raise that child for God. I'm of the belief that God gives us children for the purpose of raising them for Him. You know, they, we He owns the children. We I mean, we we don't own them. I mean, He, our children belong to God, just like we belong to God, and we have the privilege of loving them and raising them for Him. Um, we're to sow seeds into our children's lives that will grow and come to fruition. God gives us the grace to nurture and raise our children. We're to raise them, I believe, in a Christian environment, teaching them about God and the things of God, where they can come into the place of having a relationship of their own with God, uh, so that when they leave the home someday, they will be well able to take care of themselves and to make a difference in the world. I believe that God's plan is that, that our children... Um, would have a significant part to play in society with the favor of God being on them to help bring about change wherever they are. I remember a few times um, when God spoke to me about my children. And um, one time I was in a, in a church service, and the, the minister that had been brought in was a prophet from Ghana. And he was walking up and down the aisles while he was ministering, and at one point he stopped and saw me, and he motioned for me to come out into the aisle. He wanted to speak over me, and he said, when I saw you standing there, I, I heard the Lord say, to say this to you, that as long as you keep loving me, him, God was saying, as long as you keep loving me the way you are now, I'll see to it that your children are always blessed. And that meant so much to me because it just reminded me of my covenant with God in Psalm 105.8, where it says that he remembers his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations. You know, our children and our children's children will be blessed because of our covenant with him, because we, we have a covenant with him. Now, they have to accept him on their own. They have to make the decisions to follow him, to receive him, that Jesus is their Lord, and to follow him. They, they will be responsible for their own relationship with God. But I believe that they'll be marked, that God's eyes will be on them because they're our children and we are in covenant with him. And he's doing that as a promise to us that he will watch over them. A mother has to learn to trust God with her children. I can remember uh, years ago when Michael was living in Detroit before we were in Detroit and he was, he was very sick for a while. He, with uh, The place where he's working was dealing with some chemicals that had really affected him wrongly. And so in his sickness, I had decided I wanted to come visit for, and have a stay. And I, I did. I kind of mothered him for a few days while I was there, while I was here. But on my way home, I can remember saying on the airplane, 
God, it grieves me not to be able to stay with my son while he's going through this. Will you please take care of him? And I heard the Lord quickly say, I never take my eyes off of him. It was almost like, what are you talking about, you know? You're telling me to do something that I automatically am doing. And so it just, it was a comfort to me that, that in all these years, I remembered that, that for both my children, that God is watching over them, and now my grandchildren as well. God doesn't give us wrong mothers. Some of you may not have had a great relationship with your mother, but you know, the thing is that most likely if that's what's happened, she didn't know how to be the mother that she needed to be. And you can forgive her, even if you can't. <clears throat> Excuse me, even if you can't get to her now, or even if she's passed on, you can still forgive her. Make sure that you hold no bitterness, no bitterness toward her if you've not had that good relationship. No bitterness. Forgive her and release her because this is what God would have you to do. And you can be free of long-standing hurts that way when you release those things to God. He doesn't want you to hurt over it. And you don't want to hold anything against her. You want her to be free too. So the, the, the responsibility is on you to do that. Even if it seems that you and your mom never get along with each other, surely you can find issues that you can discuss. <clears throat> that you can discuss together. That you can enjoy talking about together. Surely there's some things that you can um, see about her. Some good qualities that you can find and celebrate and honor in her. I encourage you to make everything right with your mother if there's anything out of order at all, I encourage you to really make, to go every, to take every effort to make things right. The word that God speaks in the Bible about honoring our parents are a serious matter with Him. And we're to follow that commandment for the rest of our lives. And I believe that His commandment about honoring parents also covers um, our in-laws, our mothers-in-law and our fathers-in-law. Because our, our, our mates, our mates are our, our wives and our, your wife or your husband, you know, that's their parents. And because when you marry, that becomes um, what is theirs becomes yours. What is theirs becomes yours. And so their family becomes part of your family. You become part of their family. And so God expects you to honor in that place as well. I must say my son-in-law who's present has done an excellent job in doing that. He's always, he's always honored us, and we feel very blessed for that. There comes a time in a child's life when she or he gets older that they have to be careful not to have unhealthy attitudes toward the older parents as their parents begin to age because they'll begin to see that that those roles begin to change, and that older child starts becoming more fatherly and more motherly, wanting to help the, the mother or the father with decisions that they make, and sometimes even to take care of them. That happened actually even in, just in the bathroom a few minutes ago with my daughter giving advice on something so <laughs> that I've already passed on to her father, which was actually for him instead of me. But anyway, <laughs> but it was minor, yes. But anyway, we appreciate those things. We appreciate those things. We don't always, we don't always um, see things, that, and so it's great to have someone looking out for you. 
But um, but let's be careful, you know, as you age and you take on that role, be careful to never make your parents, your elderly parents, feel that they're in the way or that they're a bother to you. Always keep in mind, always keep in mind, as I said in the beginning, what they did for you when you were younger. And now is a time when you can do something for them. Even if they didn't do those things for you, it's a godly response for you to help take care of them, an aging parent. You know, you're going to, I know you may not like me speaking this morbid type of way, but you'll miss your mother when she's gone. You will. Because, and one of the reasons why is because you've known her longer than you have anybody else ever. Because you were in her womb, and so she was the first one you ever knew. And she knows you longer than anybody has ever known you. And so I just say that to say, enjoy her while you can. Enjoy her today. Enjoy her every day, every chance you get. Even if you do something with her that's not fun for you, let it be enjoyable for her. And she'll just enjoy being with you, actually. The activity doesn't matter so much all the time. It's just that if she's with you, she's going to enjoy that. I remember when my mother was in the hospital before she passed away, and one day we were surrounding her bed, and we said, Mom, you look so nice today. We were just encouraging her. And she said, it's because I've got my loved ones all around me. And that just spoke so much to me that that was her joy, to, to have her family with her. Her children and her children's children um, meant so much to her. Even when your mother can't take care of you any longer, honor her with your presence. If your mother is too far away for you to visit today, at least call her, bless her, honor her. Let her know that you love her. If she has passed away, you can thank God for her life. Thank God that she gave you what she did. You know, um, maybe she's the one that brought you to the Lord. But even if she didn't, there's something that she did good in your life. Maybe she taught you how to cook, whatever. Thank God for what she did in your life. Gratitude is always the right attitude with God. And there is always something to be thankful about. When mother is gone someday, you know that no one will ever take her place. But God can heal that place. And when she is gone, you can still honor her by recalling her, her attributes and by telling special stories. Okay, Rodney, this was your idea, this clock, and it won't cooperate. So here, when it goes off, you turn it off, okay? Um, when, so you can still honor her when your mama passes away. You can tell stories, special stories about her to your friends and your family. Or you can make contributions. You ever thought about that? You can make contributions in honor of your mother to the church. would be a wonderful place to make a contribution. But anyway, um, your mother and mothers, let me encourage you to leave your children a heritage of the knowledge of God and testimonies of his goodness. You may not be in the position to leave them riches or lands or, or homes, but you can leave them the, the greatest heritage that there is, which would be an example of, her, of your walk with God, teaching them how to trust God. And if you can teach them how to trust God, then you are leaving them the most important thing. You are leaving them what, um, what they need. You're teaching them 
to trust God and you that they will you will sorry you will have left them everything that they need if you've taught them how to trust God <laughs> the most important thing that they will need Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1:5 when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded is in you also so we pass on our traits ladies Psalm 145.4 says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And so let me just say, there's a few of you in here that aren't married yet. And when the day comes and you sense you are married and you're sensing that strong desire to have a child, you can just claim this verse. I did. Psalm 113.9, He makes the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. I stood on that verse because the doctor had told me it would be hard for me to become pregnant because of, of the, the way my womb was tilted. But he said that, but I knew that God was able to make me a joyful mother of children. And so I stood on that verse and I have become a joyful mother and grandmother. There are different seasons of life that a woman goes into, that a woman has as a little girl. We played with dolls and pretended to be mothers. And then when we grew up, got married, and had our own children, we just blossomed into motherhood. It's like a new season that we went into. And I like to use that word blossom because I, I think about a bud. When, it, when a bud opens up into a full-blown flower, it does it without a struggle. It's just with ease, you know? And that's the way it is for us. When we, when we blossom into motherhood, it's like... It's the most natural, natural thing that God just, just did for us, you know. When Before I had my own children, to hold a child that wasn't mine was hard for me. I felt like ill at ease. I felt uncomfortable. Like, how do I do this? But yet when I held my own children in my arms, it was so natural. It was right. It was a gift from God. And I knew that I had just come into that season of motherhood. I had blossomed into motherhood. And then there's another season of grandmotherhood, the awesome season. And once again, at that stage of life, thank, we thank God that we're not done yet when, at, when you get to my age. It's an awesome stage. And once again, you have the opportunity to help shape that child's life. Even if you don't get to be with them all the time, when you are with them, you can um, tell them, speak to them about the Lord. You can pray with them. You can shower them with your love and candy and Dr. Peppers, or whatever. But praying it with them is of such importance. I know that God hears everybody's prayers, but I just believe that, the, that a mother and a grandmother has such a passionate heart for their children and grandchildren that their prayers become very effective. You know, And I can remember, I was thinking about this this morning, about when our son Michael actually went through a divorce with his first wife when he was living in Los Angeles a number of years ago. And I, he really connected with me a lot and communicated with me a lot during that time. And I, I told him, son, if you'll just keep walking with God through this and, and, I, and, and laying it all at the foot of the cross, I promise you that there'll be a resurrection someday and that you'll get through this. And um, after, after he found Jill and, and married Jill, and Roddy and I went out to Los Angeles to, um, to visit with them, we were sitting around the table in one of the evenings, and he had some friends with him. And he just, after the meal, he just surprised me, and he sp turned to his friend and said, he said, I want my mother to pray for you because she just saw me through a bunch of junk, a bunch of stuff, and I know how valuable her prayers are. 
And I just thought, wow, you know, it's really true. I really believe it's true that this, the prayers of a mother and grandmother are, are so passionate and I believe are so effective. The night before my mother passed, she phoned Michael. And she, I remember her saying these words. She said, God has all our family. God has shown me he has all our family. And it, because, because she was such an intercessor, I know that this was so fulfilling for her. And it gave her a sense of relief that her job was completed. And even now, when my brother and I uh, have something good come about in our lives, we will often kiddingly but also seriously say to each other, I'm not surprised. Mama's prayers are still being worked out in our lives. You know, when my brother who lives in New Orleans went through Katrina with hardly any damage to his house and his business, and he was in a neighborhood where many houses were damaged, I remember saying to him, I'm not surprised. You know, as much as Mama prayed for you, <laughs> his prayers are still being effective. So moms, just keep it up. You know, I followed my Mama's example, I believe, in spending quality time in prayer for my children because I feel that my responsibility for them is not over yet. Just because they've married and moved away from home, you know, they're still my children. And I still feel that that desire to be covering over them, to be to help... Um, to provide that, uh, that coverage for them and to, uh, I know that you cover your, your wife too, but, but from a mother's heart, you know, that, that love is always going to be there. And so I'm going to extend it toward her and my son and pray for them. Another phase of life that we as mothers can um, pass through is, is that of being a spiritual mother. Uh, this is when we get to be of the age where we've experienced many things and we feel like there's this, there, and we've come into a place of maturity where we've got a lot of advice that we could give others. And sometimes people want to, to, to take of that advice. And, um, you know, it, it's, there's a scripture in Proverbs 31, 26 that the, about the virtuous woman. It says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. And I would just love it if every time I opened my mouth, there was wisdom, that I was speaking wisdom to someone, and that I could do it with a spirit of kindness. But we want people to, that are younger than us, that haven't been down some of the roads that we have, to, to miss out on some of the hard lessons of life. And so in that process of being a spiritual mother, you do gain spiritual children. So that's just another uh, aspect of motherhood that we can be involved in. Mothers have the incredible God-given ability, it's a gift, I believe, to influence others for the good or the bad. <laughs> have you ever heard the phrase, if mama ain't happy, nobody, ain't nobody happy? If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. You know what I'm saying? If you're in the house and she's in a bad mood, watch out. You don't want to get close to her. You know, it can spread. She can be contagious. But on the other hand, if there's somebody else in the family that's going through a hard time, she can just be the most encouraging, so the, the most cheerful woman to help bring them up, and everybody in the house is in a good place, in a good spirit. Moms, you need to realize the influence that you have over others. It's powerful. People often say that their mother is the glue that holds their family together. And it's amazing to me how mothers can sacrifice for the sake of unity in the family, and that happens many times because of willingness to do that. My mom used to irritate me by not giving me an answer when I would say, Mother, where do you want to go to eat? Because we want to go where you'd like to go today. And she'd say, oh, I want to go where you want to go. And she would always say that. 
oh, I want to go where you want to go. And I would, I would get irritated with her and think, this woman can't make up her mind. That's what I would think. But, you know, after a while, it finally dawned on me that that was really what she wanted. When I'd say, where do you want to go? That's really what she wanted. She wanted to go where we wanted to go because it brought her the most pleasure to know that we were doing something that we liked. She wanted to please us all the time. My mama had a humble beginning, raised in the hills of Tennessee. She never had much, but she had God, and God put character into her life. My mother wasn't a beauty queen, but she was beautiful to me. You know, there's a verse, in, in, again, in Proverbs 31:28 about the virtuous woman, a godly woman, that her children will rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also will praise her. And so you'll notice on social media today, there's many children honoring their mother, and that's, they're doing what that scripture says, rising up and blessing their mother. My mother uh, didn't have a lot of notable quali- uh, talents, but she was great. And my husband, who the night before mom passed away, Rodney was standing by her bedside holding her hand, and he said while he was doing it that God spoke to him and said, you are holding the hand of greatness. Because my mother was such a servant, and the scripture had come to his mind, Matthew 23, 30, Matthew 23, 11, that says the greatest among you will be a servant, will be your servant, will be a servant. And so that's what my mother was. And she was not greatness by the world standards, but by God's standards. She was totally unselfish. And on her birthday, she just proved it because she wouldn't, she, she wasn't interested in receiving gifts. Instead, she wanted to give each of us a gift. She said, it's my birthday, and that gives me license to bless you if I want to. I want to give you this. This is what I want to do. And so she was a kind, considerate, mild-mannered, and godly woman. I've heard it said that when a child grows up, it will have been how their mother loved them that determines how they love others. A powerful opportunity we as mothers have over our children. Paul, my son-in-law, once said to me, Mom, you've been, he calls me Mom every now and then, um, you've, you've always been sweet, but it just seems to me that the older you get, you're, 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 more, you're more like your more. You're more sweeter, like your mother, or something like that. You know, your mother's sweetness is, is just being, um, is coming through you more and more the way she was. And I, I believe it's because she sowed seeds. She sowed seeds. And that's what each of us as mothers want to do. In a sense, our mother, mothers that, that have gone on to be with the Lord still have, still have our, part, our part of us. They have made deposits in our lives that will still be lived out. A mother's love is never lost if it's passed on. A mother's love is never lost if it's passed on from generation to generation. Like I said, our children's children will be blessed because of the decisions that we've made, because of our covenant with God. I believe that my mother's greatest days were her last days because she modeled for us, for, uh, for her family, those of us that attended to her in the end. She modeled for us when, um, when, when it was evident that, that death had come for her, that uh, she was going to, to go by faith, that she had lived by faith and she was going to go by faith. And so she modeled for us what it was like to trust God, to be there, as he has promised he would, 
throughout our days to the very end. And that's just exactly what he did for her. It's exactly what I know he's going to do for me, my children, and my children's children. As we trust God that he is there for us and will see us through all of our days. But while we're here, let's live life to the utmost and let's live it in a godly manner. And let's pass on those godly attributes so that our, our family and the families around us and our surroundings will be blessed because... We're following God. So happy Mother's Day, mothers, and take up the charge that God has on your life and pass your goodness on to those around you. Amen. Thank you. Oh, oh, me pray, yes. I would. I thought you were going to pray again, say something about me again, but that's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No, it's fine. Father, these people, these precious children. Father, each one of us are children in your eyes. We're children in your eyes. We are your children. And we look to you, God, as our Father. And we thank you for every single gift that you have given us. And today, especially, we're thanking you for mothers. The mothers, our mothers that are here, or our mothers that have passed on, our mothers that are far away, wherever our mothers are, or we just thank you, God, that you have given us a mother that did bless us in some way. And we choose to honor her today by saying thank you to you. By thanking you, we know that we're honoring. It's an honor to her, and it's honoring you. We thank you for the goodness that she brought into our lives. Father, I pray for every mother here that she will be able to receive in her heart all that you have for her so that she can be the woman that you want her to be, so that she can be the mother that her children need her to be. And mothers, any mothers that are here right now, I'm, I'm going to admonish you to say this prayer to the Lord, to ask him to be the mother and name your children, to be the mother of this one and that one that they need you to be. Because each one of your children has specific needs. So ask God to let you be the mother to this one and that one and that one that he, that, that child needs you to be. Father, I thank you for faithfulness. We have the ability to be faithful because you've given us that ability. Every grace comes from you. And so we give you all the glory today. We pray that we will be pleasing to you. Each one of us will be pleasing to you because you've given us what we need in this life to be victorious. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.